Hello, Octane Nation. It's Coach Dave here. For you first-time listeners, I'm Dave Jimenez. I'm the founder and head coach of Octane Athletics Training Systems, which is a team of coaches focused on helping people perform endurance feats they'd never thought possible for themselves. To learn more about us, head out to octane-athletics.com slash coaching. You'll see a profile for all the coaches. You'll also see a link on that page to sign up for a free, no-obligation consultation with one of us. It's quick and easy. All you have to do is fill out that form, give us a little information to work with, and one of the coaches will reach out to you to set up some time on the phone or in person, have a cup of coffee or what have you, to go over your goals and plans, provide you with uh, our guidance and point of view on those goals and your plan, and help to set you on the right course. Take advantage of it. We love doing it, and we wouldn't offer if we didn't want to do it. So go to octaneathletics.com and reach out to us. This and every episode of the podcast is brought to you by Gatorade Endurance. Gatorade Endurance is not your gas station or grocery store Gatorade. It's a special formula for runners and triathletes. It's on course at most of the major marathons that you'll find out there. So Chicago, New York, the Rock and Roll Marathon Series, the Dallas Marathon, and the Boston Marathon. You'll also find it on course at all the Ironman races in the United States. So 70.3 races and full distance races. Gatorade Endurance is the hydration sponsor of those races as well. So as coaches, we like to tell our athletes to train with what's on course. So go out and try some Gatorade Endurance. You can do so at GatoradeEndurance.com or go to Octane-Athletics.com. Click on the Amazon link and get your Gatorade Endurance from Amazon, and it drops a couple pennies in our jar on the process. So uh, go out and try some Gatorade Endurance. Hey, everybody. Coach Dave here. We're back. I know it's been a bit. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, I have a plan for being more consistent with the podcast, which uh, I owe to you guys because uh, for a while we were humming them out and we got away from that and I've missed it. I've missed podcasting. I've missed sharing uh, knowledge and sharing my friends with you. Um, and so I want to get back to it. But um, so not a but, but so uh, today's episode actually is uh, something I want to start doing more of. I want to start having... Um, folks that I know, or folks that I don't for that matter, that you suggest to me uh, on the show talking about first-time experiences. So for this episode, um, we have Melissa Powell. Melissa Powell is an athlete that I've known for a couple of years and have coached along the way. And uh, she recently finished Ironman Chattanooga, uh, which is an incredible accomplishment for Melissa. And I'm super happy and proud of her, which I think you'll get from this episode. Um, she did it in, uh, in, in 14, I'm sorry, she did it in 15 hours and 49 minutes. Um, she was 14th out of the water. So, uh, literally like 14th overall out of the water. So, uh, that's really impressive. She's a TCU swimmer. Um, she swam at TCU for four years, held the record there, 200 meter breaststroke, uh, for many years. So, very accomplished athlete, great background, and an incredible story. Uh, journey to Ironman was, was a fantastic one. She shared so much of her experiences with a very, very good friend of her. I will post in the show notes um, Melissa's race report so you guys can read it. Uh, it has a, a very interesting twist to it in that um, after finishing, Melissa um, experienced some uh, complications that ended up in the hospital. So. Uh, it's worthy. It's a worthy listen. We can learn. We can all learn a lot from this. I know I did, um, as her coach. And so, uh, give it a listen. Melissa Powell from Tulsa, Oklahoma, recent finisher of Ironman Chattanooga, uh, 2016. All right, Melissa Powell, you're on the podcast. Have you ever done a podcast before? 
No, I'm excited. You should be. It's fun. Everybody that I ta- that has that does a podcast for the first time, first thing they say is, "Man, that was fun." It is fun. <laughs> and as I told you, it's just just a chat. So it's like fireside chat with the coach kind of a deal. How's that? Sounds good. All right. So uh, what you been up to? Why don't you tell everybody what you've been up to, Melissa Powell? <laughs> um, since the Iron Man, or well, I, we'll talk about what you've been up to since the Iron Man because that's that that's what what happens sort of after you re, you start to recover from Iron Man is always interesting because you have all this free time on your hands. But before we get to that, let's talk about Iron Man. So you just finished Chattanooga, right? Yes, I sure did. Where you were the fourteenth person out of the water, which. <laughs> I'm tracking you from home, from Augusta, actually, because I was Augusta, and I'm like going, holy shit, she was, she's the 14th overall in this race, which is pretty damn amazing. But anyway, we'll talk about the whole race, but what I want to do is um, I want to start to talk to athletes about um, kind of first-time experiences, because this, is, this was your first one, right? Right. And it's really your story is really interesting because you really didn't have this plan for the year. You called and called me in May and go, Hey, my friend Robin's doing this thing and I'm doing all this training with her. Is it crazy to think that I should be doing it too? Right. So we had that talk, but so let's chat about this. So when you started the year, what did you, what did you start out the year intending to do triathlon wise? Um, not an Ironman. <laughs> I actually had a few people say they were doing Chattanooga, um, like on New Year's, wanting me to do it. And I was, I was like, hell no, I'm not ready for that. I, maybe 2017. Um, but as the year went on, I was training for Boulder 70.3 and, um, I was doing a lot of my training with Robin and she had signed up for Chattanooga and, the more I got to thinking about it, I was like, God, I'm doing everything she's doing, you know, I might as well. Yeah. So that prompted a call to me, uh, which I never asked you this, but now I want to ask you, did you think when you called me that I'd tell you not to do it? Or did you think when you called me that I'd tell you, go for it? <laughs> I didn't know, to be honest, because I didn't know if I had enough time. Because yeah. it was it was May, and I know a lot of the training plans are a lot longer. And um, but I knew I had been training, and I just just had a wild hair and wanted to know if it was a good idea yeah. or if it was doable. Well, it was definitely doable at the time. Whether it was a good idea or not was something that was rattling around my head the whole time. Like I'm just like, screw it, let's go for it. She can do this. <laughs> um, yeah, I looked it up. We uh, we resumed our coaching athlete relationship on the May, on May twenty third. So you train from May twenty third up into the race, which is like something like what do you got? June, July, August, September, four months, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, you did pretty well, so that that's good. Um, so let's talk about the training a little bit. Uh, well, first of all, you raced for Team Edith, which is very cool. Um, what made you race for Team Edith? Why don't you tell a little bit about that story and what, what that is, first of all, and then kind of how, how you looped into those guys. Sure. Um, Team Edith is a charity for breast cancer awareness, and all of the money that is donated goes to um, breast cancer research. And my mom actually passed away 10 years ago. This is her 10-year anniversary, and, and she actually had ovarian cancer, um, 
but they don't really have ovarian cancer fundraising. So um, I wanted to be part of Team Edith so that I could honor her and, you know, help help raise money for a good cause. Because I think a lot of people are affected by cancer. And um, it was amazing being part of the team because, you know, everybody had a story and they were somehow related to um, a cancer story. Yeah, I agree. My grandma passed of uh, pancreatic cancer pancreatic cancer that spread all over her body and uh so yeah i shared the passion for that as well um which is cool because i know that when it got to race day you had mom on your arm and mind over matter on your arm and i'm sure you thought of her much during the race but again we can i did that. and in fact i actually talked to her um <laughs> so like when when things were getting tough like mile 60 on the bike when the sun came out i was like all right mom you know, if I've ever needed to, now is the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Gets you, you get into you get deep into your head out there for sure. No headphones, no distractions. Just very, very in tune with what you're doing, and with that comes lots of different thoughts. Uh, and not all the time are they the best of ones, but yeah, it helps having something to kind of pull you out of that mindset. Um. Your training process was awesome to watch, and we got to watch it on social media all the time because you and Robin, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've, doing this, I've been doing this, doing this for a long time, and you guys are definitely in the top three of people that I've ever seen really, really enjoy the training process. Dang it, only the top three. You are not number one. You, you know, I, I, I only want to say top three because if I say number one, someone's going to call me and go, but what about me? I love training. Or, I, you know, I I rode my bike naked that day, remember? And, 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 and that never happened, by the way. But I'll get that phone call. So, yeah, you guys are definitely up there. You're in contention for the, the world champion of, of enjoying your training. Okay, um, I'll take that. And, and it, it was really cool to see. And... The best part about this stuff is if you get to do it with somebody you're close to and talk about Robin for a minute because um, I don't I only met her in person once and talked to her a few times, but she seems awesome. And you guys did like just about everything during this tra training process together, even long before the you, you decided to jump into Ironman Chattanooga. You were you guys were training most of the time together, right? Yeah, we sure were. And we would just take little trips to try and hit up bike rides and, and we just try to make it fun. Cause if you're not having fun, then it's, then it does suck. <laughs> yeah. It becomes work actually. feels like work. Yeah. So where'd you guys get to go? I know you guys went to Joplin a few times. Um, oh, I think we counted. We went to like five different States in five weekends. I mean, we were in Kansas, we went to Missouri, Arkansas, Nebraska, Texas. Um, we just try and hit up different events so that we could see different places and meet different people and just kind of make a fun road trip out of it. Yeah, we haven't mentioned, but you guys are in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So, yeah, that's why you travel to the, the South Central region uh, training. So that's good. You got the guys got to come, come down and see, see us knuckleheads down here and swim with us and stuff. So that was good. Um, Give us, how about this? Give us one story that you feel comfortable sharing, because I'm sure some of them you wouldn't want to share with a few hundred people, but uh, one Robin story that, that, that you, you, you found particularly funny or something like that that you want to share. 
oh my gosh, I, I can't even pick one. <laughs> um, I don't know why this comes to mind, but we were driving to a bike ride and, and she usually drove everywhere, uh, which is fine by me, but um, it got dark and we missed the, the hotel entrance and I wasn't paying attention. I didn't, I didn't know where the hotel was and, and she turned around and came back and she was like, you know, I, I didn't want to say anything, but I don't have my contacts in and I don't have my glasses and <laughs> I've just kind of been knuckling the steering wheel this whole time it got dark and I was like, why did you not tell me to drive? <laughs> yeah, that might have been handy. Yeah, so a bit of a daredevil <laughs> that one. Kind of shows how caring she is. She's like, no, nah, I'm just going to, I want Melissa to be comfortable, so I'm just going to keep driving. I'll, <laughs> I'll power right. through this so that I don't have to, yeah, it, it sounds like, it sounds like her. It's that nurse in her, I think. <laughs> Let's talk about the training a bit. Um, outside of the social aspect, which you absolutely nailed, you did a really good job of, uh, of doing your, like you, you know, as a coach, we look for like anything above 80, 85% compliance, you know, on the workouts and you're going to be in good shape and you're much higher than that. But, um, again, just in the interest of sharing some stuff with folks that are considering doing this or other first timers that are in the middle of training, um, what, what kinds of things did you learn about the training? What kind of, of tips, tricks, uh, can you share for when you just don't feel like doing it, for example, and you know, you have to, uh, were there anything that, that kind of would be worth talking about? Um, well, yeah, I'd like to share that, um, I was a swimmer. And so the swimming aspect for, I know, I know for a lot of people is, is very challenging. And so I didn't have to worry about that. However, I am not a runner. I mean, if I can go an 11 minute pace, that's awesome. Like I'm thrilled. Um, so running was always the challenge. And I found that because I had Robin, um, because I had that accountability, it made it a lot easier. Um, so we would wake up real early to beat the heat because the heat is just as bad here in Tulsa as it is in Texas. And, and we would get our runs out, but just knowing that she was there, that I was going to meet her really motivated me to get up every day. Yeah, that's, it's really good. Um, when I don't train with people, it's, there's a much more high likelihood that I'll hit the snooze button and catch another 30 minutes sleep and either only do half the workout or try to say, say I'm going to do it later and either I do or don't, but right. having accountability uh, definitely helps. But I, I definitely think that if you're thinking about doing it, it's, you definitely can do it. Um, I, I toyed with the idea for years. Um, after I graduated college, a lot of my swimming teammates did them and I was, Oh, I just so wanted to do one. Um, but I didn't think that I could do it. And obviously it wasn't the right time. But, um, you know, 10 years later, I definitely, definitely thought, you know, I think I should give this a shot. And as long as you stick to the plan, you're fine. Yeah, that's true. You got to trust the plan and you just got to try to, you know, knock out as many workouts as you can. So you said you were a swimmer. I think you're sandbagging this story a little bit. So I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and say it since you won't, uh, Melissa was a swimmer at TCU, and uh, for a while, I'm, I'm not sure if they're still in place, but I know you held, held a few records over there, right? I did. I broke 
I broke the tuner breaststroke record. I was, I was not a freestyler. I was a breaststroker, but, um, yeah, I was there for all four years. Absolutely loved it. Um, go frogs. Big horn fan, horn frog fan, <laughs> big one. Right. Yeah. So again, swim for you at the race wasn't even, it was great actually for me. And it, to be completely honest with you, Melissa, and I'm not sure if I told you this before, but I'll tell you now. One of the biggest reasons why I thought this was totally doable, right, is I knew that we weren't going to have to spend a lot of time in the pool, and so we would be able to shift some of that work. You know, I don't think, what'd you get? I think you got, like, one day a week yet we had you in the pool, right? Yeah. So it was, like, active recovery more than anything. Right. Um, because I knew, like... With this race and its swim conditions, which are favorable, to say the least, and then your ability to swim, it wasn't going to be a problem. So we just were able to shift and reuse a lot of that training time for bike and run, and it ended up working out great, I think, um, because you did have that. You did have so much of that swim stuff in the bag in a lot of ways. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think that was, that was a concern for me, though, um, not swimming very much, but the fact that the swim portion is – so small in comparison to everything else, Yeah, you know, well, especially for you. Yeah. I mean, for, for just for comparison's sake, I think my best Ironman swim was like a one thirty or something. So yeah, us mortals, we, it, it, we have to factor it in more than you do, but yeah, it was great. It was, <laughs> it was awesome to be able to plan. I, I knew you'd be out of the water in an hour. Like I was like, I should be out in an hour, like just generally speaking. So it was good to, when I thought about the race and how to try to decompose it for you from an effort standpoint, it was good to know that I could pretty confidently count on the fact you'd be out in an hour and you were out much faster than that. That made for a lonely time in T1 though, as I understand it, right? <laughs> it did. I had so many volunteers. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> there was nobody in the tent at all. <laughs> right, right. So you're just there and they have nothing to do. And so everybody is tending to the Melissa Powell needs, which is pretty <laughs> awesome. I had to feel pretty good. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about the bike a little bit. So the, this course is longer on the bike than a typical Ironman course by four miles. Um, it's not flat, right? It's fairly, fairly hilly. Can you No, I think it's 4,800 feet of climbing. Yeah. So there were some hills in there. Yeah. Why don't you talk a little bit about how the bike felt? Um, some of the things that you had to deal with on the bike, uh, and, and in the race in general, I know the heat was a factor, but uh, yes. you know, for those considering Chattanooga, for example, it'd be good probably to hear um, any specifics you can share around the bike course itself. Okay, sure. Um, so it's an 11-mile highway stretch before you get to the first loop, and it's all flat. So it, it was nice to have that at the beginning because then you could kind of get your legs under you and, you know, you know, calm down a little bit. Um, and it was beautiful. There were mountains and trees everywhere, and you start this first 47-mile loop, and all the hills are on the front end. So you're just you're climbing hills, and um, once you hit this sharp left turn, it starts to be rolling hills, and then it's a lot easier. And on my first turn, um, I had already run out of water. I didn't stop at the first aid station, and I went to my water bottles in my back and I'm not very good at grabbing them and I grabbed one and immediately dropped it and I ran over it and almost fell and I was freaking out I was like oh my gosh note to self let's not do that again <laughs> um 
So I made it to the next aid station and, and filled up on, on everything that I needed. And um, I went through the town of, I think it's called Chickam- Chickamauga, yeah. Chickamauga, probably right. butchering that. But um, there were so many people and volunteers and just people cheering. And it was it was awesome. Like you felt like a movie star. <laughs> and then you come back around for your second loop. And that's when the sun was just blistering hot. I'm talking... I was taking in so much liquid and salt and Gatorade and water, and I began stopping at every station um, because it was just insanely hot out. And I was stuffing ice down my sports bra at every station. I was like, I don't care. I'm stopping because I need to be cool. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I started seeing a whole bunch of people on the side of the road, and I was thinking that they were in bike accidents. But as it turned out, it was just from the heat, and they couldn't go on. They were cramping. People were throwing up. It was, it was just bad. I mean, it it was terrible to see that because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, <laughs> right. I need to drink some more. Right, and um, you're probably thinking, is that going to happen to me? And you're, it's it yeah. definitely raises an awareness. And come to find out after the race, um, we'll talk about your after the race because there's a lot there. But just in general. This race had something like between a 20 and a, a close to 25% dropout rate. So I was in Augusta that day, which is not close to Chattanooga, generally speaking, but close enough. And I think we were dealing with similar conditions, and it was pretty miserable out there um, in, in Augusta. And I couldn't imagine uh, what it would be like in having to do the, the full distance race. And so, yeah, it was it was... Definitely hydration was a factor and heat was a factor. Um, what I'm glad to hear, though, is that you actually, like, so many people don't look up and don't enjoy the ride. And that ride is a nice ride. Um, when I went to volunteer it, there. It was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, absolutely beautiful. It's a really cool place to uh, to ride. And when I volunteered, we drove the course, and I, I, was, I had intentions of doing it Um last year when I had uh, the knee surgery, but the year before when we were there, I was like, man, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, I don't care if it's four miles long. Matter of fact, keep me out there another four miles because it's really nice course. It's a really fun ride, you know? So funny side note, um, Robbins' husband, Brady, drove the course. Mm -hmm. He put us in the car and we're like, okay, we're going to go drive the bike course. And it was beautiful. We were talking about how pretty it was and peaceful and sure enough, both of us fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and Brady started asking us questions, and we're stirring in the back seat of the car. <laughs> <laughs> and so we we told Brady that he could ride he could ride the bike course for us because he knew exactly where to go. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. That Brady, by the way, I read your race report, obviously, and uh, huge props to Brady. Right? He yeah. The thing about the bags was hilarious, and the bike pump. Where would you say? I think you had like, I think you used the word 500 or something. He had 500 bags in his hand, and there was like the bike pump left. And Robin's like, well, pick up the bike pump then. I know. I was like, what are you carrying? <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, but you need, yeah, it, it, I'm sure it was great to have that kind of support there. So coming off the bike, uh, how'd you feel? Like, I know cause I read the report, but why don't we talk about that for a minute? Like going into heading into T2 and, and getting out there and getting on the run course. How'd you feel? Um, I really, honestly, I didn't feel bad at all. Um, I went into the tent and 
it was not the Melissa Powell show in the tent that time. No. <laughs> there no. were people that were dropping like flat. They were just focused on getting people ice because it was so hot. And so um, I changed my shoes really quick. And I was a little, you know, out of sorts because I had just rode 116. But um, stood up, thought I was ready, realized I still had my bike pants on, cursing myself, trying to take those off with my shoes on. And um, I filled up my my water um and then i i took a, a water bottle and filled it with ice and water um so that i could spray myself that was that was going to be what was going to keep me cool and then i had my you know my little fanny pack with my gatorade in it um and so i took off and i was like i'm gonna run and i started running and i looked down and i was like hey i'm going 11 minute miles like i can do this and then i got to a hill and I realized how hot it was, and I was like, you know what, I better slow down and, you know, drink some water, drink some Gatorade, and um, not die, pretty much. I said, if, if I go balls to the wall at the beginning and I run, I'm going to die. So. Yeah. Which hill is it? Is it the hill on the other side of the other side of the river, the big one, the first big one? Oh, no, it wasn't even that far. <laughs> oh, it wasn't even that far, yeah, because that hill's a beast. Like, there are two pretty, there, there are two really big hills in that run course. It, it, that, yeah. that course suffers no fools for, for any means. We rode bikes on the run course that time I went and traveled up there again, and I, I was like, holy shit, the, this back part of the, it's, cause, it's like the tail of two runs because, like, half of it is pretty flat, like, Mm-hmm. The, the the part on the on the transition and finish line side of the river is really kind of nice. It's kind of it's got some you know gradual rollers and stuff. But you cross that river, man, and by that golf course, and it's you know it's, it's all hills. Yeah, it, it'll <laughs> it'll give you all you can handle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and on top of the heat, I think it was smart. Um, it was smart to kind of try to regulate the effort and. Um, you know, I, I saw lots of pictures of you post-race, of course, and you're smiling on the run, and so that was good, and I was tracking, oh, obviously, and it looked good. It was great. I I walked a lot of it um, just due to the heat, and, you know, you saw more and more people. It, it was sad. You saw, you know, you've got nine miles left, and people are, are stopping, and they have nine miles left, and it's just because their bodies cannot go on because they're cramping so bad. Yeah. Um, and I think I felt... I felt good. I, I never cramped. I never felt sick. I never had any pain. Um, I just kept going. And I met a lot of cool people along the way who, you know, would walk, walk, run with me. And um, I met this one guy, though, who I, I was trying to get away from him. He was so negative that mm. I didn't want to be around that. Yeah, you know, he was smart. like, it's hot out. This sucks. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. We're about to finish an Ironman. Yeah. So just kind of got away from him but um super smart because that that starts to uh that can creep in you know he can start right. to make you realize exactly how much it actually does suck you know because you're trying yeah. to keep that out of your mind but you know you know it's there but you're just trying to keep that at bay and if you got that kind of negativity around you it's it makes it harder yeah and i came around for the second loop and the sun had started to go down and i was like you know what? i'm gonna run some and I was still, after 13 miles, I was okay to run. Um, and I started running, and then I realized I had to go to the bathroom. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm going to walk. Um, and I was kind of worried to stop and go to the bathroom because I, I didn't know if I could be able to get back up again. But 
I did. Yeah. That's good. So, um, you, I, I watched you finish from Augusta in my hotel room over the internet and you, uh, look like you were crying when you crossed, but I can only see on my little webcam. And so of course your gigantic baby of a coach starts crying oh. <laughs> and then, um, cause I, listen, I know like we've known each other for a couple of years. Right. And I've known right. the first conversation we had was about this. Like this was your, this was the topic of conversation and we were, you know, it was, you were like, I haven't really done any, any real racing and, but I want to do this. And so I knew this was a long time coming for you. So it was, it was awesome. Um, and then, you know, so I, uh, I texted and called you, I think. Yeah, I did. I texted and called and I didn't get answered. And I'm like, Oh, she's fine. She's probably just enjoying herself and whatnot. And then Robin sent me a message and said, um, after two IV bags and what I can, what she considered to be not good answers from the med tent that like you had, you know, decided that she had decided that it was time for you to go get some help. And so you ended up in the hospital, right? Yes. Tell us that so, story. Um, so my finish, uh, about mile 20, I did start getting a little dizzy. Um, but I just thought that was normal. I'd never done an Ironman. Um, and the finish was amazing. You know, you, you come in on that stretch and I don't know, what is it? A hundred feet of carpet <laughs> of carpet yeah. and people are screaming, you did it. And they're saying your name cause they're reading your bib. They're like, Melissa, you did it. You finished. And I, I was just overwhelmed with emotion of just, wow, I really did do it, you know? And I just started crying and, I'm really glad I didn't hyperventilate because I might not have made it to the finish line. <laughs> yeah. But um, I crossed. I was I was so happy and just crying um, due to emotionally happy, not yeah. because I was like in pain or anything. But um, I stopped and they they took my picture and it was maybe like a minute after and I said, "Oh my God, I don't feel good," and I immediately started just violently vomiting everywhere. Um, and I sat down and I, I tried to convince them to give me an IV. And, um, I guess so many people had gotten IVs that they were running low and, and they were being very picky about it. But I finally convinced them to get me an IV. And the last thing I remember is two volunteers carrying me to a cot and I passed out. Yeah. Um, the next time I actually woke up and came to, I was in the hospital. Um, and thank goodness for Robin. She's a nurse. She knows exactly what's going on. Um, and God bless her little heart. She had just done an Ironman, and she stayed up all night long with me in the hospital. Yeah, she's with you the whole way. That's awesome too. I, it's terrifying. It was terrifying to get the message because I mean, she said at the time the first message I got didn't really know what it was. They thought it was like just severe dehydration, and they were doing some testing, and you were awake and could speak and all of those things. You had some of your faculties about you, but you'd speak for a little bit and then you'd fall back asleep and, and things mm -hmm. like that. So what did it, what did the doctor end up telling you? Cause I think this is a really interesting thing to share and, and for people to take some learnings from. Sure. Um, I had exercise induced hypotremia and that is when you've taken in too much liquid 
And so apparently I had taken in too much water, which was flushing out any of the Gatorade or the base salt that I was taking. And my levels were really severe. Like anything lower than 125 for your sodium level is, is bad. Um, like you can have a concussion, you can go into a coma. It was pretty bad. Um, and my, my level was at 121. Hmm. And so, you know, I, I thought I had, I, excuse me, I thought I had done a good job of staying hydrated, but um, I guess it was too much. I was really worried about how hot it was outside. Yeah, I have a another um, friend of ours that did the race as well, and um, she she had been told not to take in any water and just go straight Gatorade. And I thought that was a little like personally like, and this is I mean like, my own opinion, I guess. But I thought that well, I think it'd be good to have a little water in there, right? It's kind of common sense. Um, but then after you told me what the, told me what the doctor said, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe she was onto something. I mean, yeah. maybe it was just a Gatorade day, right? Where you just needed to not dilute any of it with any of those electrolytes with water because the conditions, but. And I think where I got into trouble was I was carrying that water bottle to cool me off and mm-hmm. I would, I filled it up at every aid station and I would, I would drizzle myself in it and then I'd just gulp it. So Maybe that was where the water came into play. Yeah. How are you feeling now? We're Good. Uh, how many weeks out are we now? We're three, four weeks out. I'm back. I would say back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, sodium-wise, I I went a week after to my primary care doctor and got my levels checked, and he was like, "You're fine. You yeah. can go run a marathon." I was like, <laughs> "No thanks." <laughs> Yeah, you you did start working out though pretty quickly. I saw you and Robin right back at it. I think what last yeah, week, two weeks I, out. So I that was did. Good. I just it's weird because you've been training so hard for something and and then there's just nothing. Right. And right. so at least working out, even though it's not like some twenty mile run, um, gives me some of that. You know that hey, I'm doing something. It's good though because. You know, people you've probably read or maybe even experienced and like when you've done your 70.3s and marathons and things, you get done with that thing and sometimes people get depressed because it's like, now what do I do with myself, right? There's no big goal out there. I don't know what I'm doing. So if you're right, if you, if you kind of wet yourself, settle in, kind of settle back into it and just take it kind of easy, but still get back into doing some training, a lot of times it keeps your headspace clear, you know? Yeah. People don't deal with the highs of, of finishing, uh, their a race, right? Whatever it is. And then all of a sudden it's, Oh, now I've got to recover. Okay. I feel fine, but what do I do with myself now? Right. And mm-hmm. once again, I think it's good that you have Rob in the, you know, you guys get out there and do your Bixby thing and get back out there and train with your buddies, which is awesome. Yeah. So, um, what else do you have to share about this race? How do you, uh, what do you think your prospects are for doing this kind of thing again? Uh, how do you feel about it? Not just like physically, but how do you feel about it? Um, what kind of things like that can you share? Yeah. Well, I would say, I mean, other than the whole sodium level thing that I felt really good the whole time. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's sticking to the training plan or, 
me not struggling in a swim, but I really didn't feel like I ever hurt really bad or had cramps or anything. I was shocked about that. I mean, does your, is your body exhausted? Absolutely. But I was, I was really shocked at how good I felt. Um, will I ever do another one? I don't know. Um, I think part of me really wants to because I know I can do better. I know I can run more. Um, and it was just so hot. I didn't have that chance to. And part of me says, will I ever have another training partner as awesome as Robin and somebody who can hold me accountable? Um, I think that was a huge part of why I was able to do this is because I did have that accountability and I, I did have someone who I was so close to who was able to enjoy that experience with me. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. She's special for sure for you. Yeah. And because she's special for you, she's special for me. Cause like, I think you guys did, she, if I guarantee you, if she was on the phone with us right now, she'd probably say the same thing about you. It's like, I got up because I knew that Melissa was going to be there waiting for me to train, just like you said. So I think it's pretty incredible that you guys got to do that together. Um, I've only done a couple races in my life where I actually had somebody that trained with me a lot and those were just better. Like one of them was uh, my friend Josh and I did our first 70.3 together in Oceanside and we got to do some stuff together and it was just more enjoyable knowing that we had been on the journey all the way to get to the race day and then race day got there and got to enjoy that with them and it's just it's more special that way I think. Yeah, we, we kind of joked around, you know, when it was the last week of training, she's like, God, I think I'm just going to have to drive to your house on the weekend at 4 a.m. just to hang out because I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> Probably said something like, you can come over anytime you want, but don't come over at 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enough of that madness. Well, Melissa, you know, I think you're awesome, but I'll say it in public. I think you're awesome. Uh, Thank you. The, and you have been awesome too. Well, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm a small piece of this thing and I enjoyed it and I, you know, I'm here anytime you need me. So definitely holler. You finished. No, well, in, you you really are. I do have to tell you having a great coach makes all the difference because I'm able to call you or text you if I need something and you listen and you understand. And, you know, I've thought about doing this, you know, I've thought about doing this for a long time yeah. and I've tried coaches in Tulsa and I have definitely had different people tell me there's no way you could ever do that. Just looking at me. Mm, well, uh, I obviously don't agree because, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I know. And that's why you're an me, awesome coach. I, you know, I, it's funny you bring that up. So, um, you know, I did Augusta the same day you did Chattanooga and it's my, it was my kind of bounce back race from the knee surgery thing. And, we're in, we're in Augusta, and I can't tell you how many times I got asked. You know, everybody thought Stephanie was racing and not me because, you know, I don't look like a triathlete. You know, I look like somebody right. who's playing, you know, tight end or linebacker or something like that for some NFL team. I don't look like a guy who's going to be swimming, biking, and running. But, um, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover, Melissa Powell. That's right. Right? Can't judge a book by its cover. So... Fifteen forty nine forty nine. Those are the numbers for Melissa Powell, Ironman Chattanooga, twenty sixteen. It's pretty impressive. I am very impressed. Um, I'm happy for you and proud of you. And I don't know what else to say than that. 
because I think that about says it all. So. Well, uh, thank you. I'm yes. so excited I got to do this journey with you. Yes. Did you? How about the podcast? Do, do you like this podcast thing? Yeah, it's It's cool. like just us talking on the phone, but... Uh, I know. But I'm only, sure we're going to sound awesome when, uh, uh, it, when it plays. I'm going to make us sound <laughs> awesome. The, the magic of the computer, right? Uh, no, but I'm going to... I will definitely get this out, and, uh, you know, within a few minutes, it'll be on... A few, a couple to a few hundred people's phones, and then they can listen to us talk for thirty or forty-five minutes. Awesome. Yeah. All right, sister. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Huge thanks to Melissa for joining me on the podcast. It's a great story. It's not often I recommend folks take on an Ironman four months before the race, but when she called, uh, I knew that. She definitely had the passion for it. Um, she had been training. Um, I knew she'd do well. I knew she would finish it. There wasn't a doubt on my mind the day she called me. Um, so it was just a matter of setting her up with the right plan for success and making sure she was executing it along the way and watching the magic happen. It was awesome. I want to add a couple things to this week's show. I know that the podcast has been fairly inconsistent and I, I I am not a guy who likes to make excuses. Uh, all I can say is that uh, the time prioritization has been difficult for me. But I think I have things kind of figured out. And so now I'm, I'm really, my commitment uh, it, to you guys is to put one out every couple of weeks. I'd like to put one out every week. I'll try my best. But I, I, my commitment is every two weeks we're going to put a show out. I'm going to try to have some guests, athletes, coaches. I'm going to try to keep it keep it as interesting as possible in terms of the content that we provide. I'll talk about gear a little bit, but to me, you know, you can get a lot of information about gear. So if I'm talking about gear, I'm going to try to center it on questions people have uh, about it versus uh, gear reviews and stuff like that. Uh, I may have our partners come on and join us just to kind of share what what they're working on with us, you know, so... Red from Recovery Pump might come in on and join us and uh, the guys from Classified. But but in general, I want to kind of keep it athlete to athlete content. I think it's important that we learn from each other and share each other's knowledge and, and experiences and learnings along the way. So that's kind of how I want to center the show. That was part of my frustration in, in, the, in the time period that I haven't been putting out shows is what I want the show to be about. And I... I want to try to get away from it being a 30 or 45 minute commercial for some gear company and really have it centered and focused on, on athletes. And, uh, again, most of all sharing my knowledge with you and, uh, and sharing other people's knowledge with you as, as, as it comes up. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Please subscribe. If you're not already subscribing to the podcast again, I sure you will put out more episodes coming up. I have, uh, I'm going to have coach Jolene on talking about her experience at Ironman Louisville. She just finished Ironman Louisville uh, a week ago. And so I plan on having her come on and join us and chat about that. Uh, if you'll recall, Jolene was at Boulder with us when uh, Micah and, and Andre and Scott uh, and Bruce had finished that race and she was there in person with us. And so we did a little impromptu podcast there. So she's pretty entertaining in her own right. Uh, not to mention this was her first Ironman, so she'll have some lessons to lessons learned and things to share, and and uh, that could that should be really interesting. 
Uh, again, head to octane-athletics.com to learn more about Octane Athletics training systems and our coaches and our methodology and how we think and calendars out there. If you want to come join a workout, let us know. We're happy to have you. Uh, with that, we're going to wrap, and we'll talk to you very soon.